Welcome to Musings from Melanated Minds podcast. If you like what you hear, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Musings Media. Other than that, we hope you enjoy the show. Boom, boom, boom. Hey. Are you still a boom, boom, pal? Yes. Okay, I wanted to make sure I wasn't bugging because I'm like... I started dancing too, and I'm like, okay, hold on, wait, wait. I saw TikTok that was like, Dad, how do you spell delicious? It's like D to the E. Ah, I O U S D. Listen, Gwen Stefani taught me how to spell bananas, and to this day, if I need to spell bananas, guess what's happening? Bananas, B A N A N A. Ah, come on now. Only reason I know how to spell bananas. Thank you, thank you. Also, why is the word so complicated? If you really sit and think about it, it's too many A's, too many N's, like. Pick a lane, buddy. Pick a lane. I'm gonna be real. Even in the song, I be getting confused because I'm like, are we spelling it correctly? It doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound correctly. The other day, I wrote the word out. I wrote the word pursue on on. I feel like it was Instagram stories, and I was like, yo, that spell that wrong. Why does it look wrong? And I googled it, and I was like, no, I think Google's wrong too because like <laughs> we're all spelling it wrong. <laughs> pursue is a weird word. There's so many words that are spelled so, so strange. So odd, bro. Like I just don't, I don't understand it. Mm. Hello, hello. Hi, everyone. <laughs> that was a nice intro. Yes, some nostalgia. <laughs> oh, um, this can be our intro question. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw something that was like, "Tell your age by um something that no longer exists," and the person was like, "Radio Shack." So, what are you gonna say? The sidekick period that's a mm-hmm. good one mm-hmm. um, um okay you know what i'm gonna go with this roly poly oly yes he's roly poly oly i he's small and short and, bra- ah! <laughs> and or pb and j otters sorry friend you don't know no i'm sorry friend <laughs> <laughs> that's the difference though there you go see that shows the distinction because if you know you know pb and j otters was that that was quality yeah no i don't hold on pb and j otters j otters there you go wow what is that three years makes a difference not even two years makes it all different. right but their first episode came out when i was three so this don't make sense <laughs> <laughs> Girl, i was like what Oh, I'm looking like they came out in 98. I was born in 95, so make it make sense. And they finally, they finished their seasons. They were finished the show in 2000, so I was five. So I just clearly didn't watch the show. Yeah, and I was firmly watching this in like 2005. <laughs> Yo, I oh quit. But hold on, Roly Polioli, once say, again, Ninety-eight. It came out in ninety-eight, so I was three. Bro, I promise you, it would be like one right after the other. They came at the same time. It was That's like you would watch Rosie Paul's, and then they would transition to PB and J Otters. Well, maybe I just wasn't watching the Otters. Maybe they just weren't my jam. I don't understand it. Okay. Well, they were siblings it's odd because i remember i vividly remember roly polioli like i vividly remember that show them oh, in the box the like that was the that was it it really did that like was i was convinced i was gonna have a fort in my backyard no one's gonna tell me otherwise 
Oh, we love to see it. Okay, mm-hmm. so who are you, Beth? I am an elephant. I, mm-hmm. I, I see that for you. I appreciate Especially that. Because they live a very long time. Mm-hmm. The only thing is that they're very, very ashy. I'm also very ashy, so <laughs> it's fine. It is winter and my hands are dry. That's what I will say. Um, today I am, today I am peace, 1920 to Ashe. 1950. Um, and by that, I mean, I'm still a peace. 1910 to 1940 that's what I said. but yes that's beautiful thank you thank you um yes I'll let the people know I have been reading Sula mm-hmm. because it's a bad bitch the original hot girl if we're being <laughs> yes and that's what I should have been Megan Assign. I've been obsessed with that that savage photo shoot that she did Ooh. like genuinely obsessed with it Mm-hmm. technically if you think about it if you put all the pieces together meg rihanna and beyonce are all on a song together i'm just stretching if you go savage, that was a stretch okay but she definitely used savage the song to promote savage fenty mm-hmm. and beyonce is on the savage remix that's true so if megan was wearing Savage Fenty. I still feel like that is a stretch. Girl, that's the closest we're going to get to a Rihanna album. We're never getting that again. Maybe ASAP Rocky can encourage her to Girl, I create. Would, I need that man to leave her alone. I don't, don't like ASAP Rocky on principle alone. Um, but, you know, um, it no, is what it is. I think these, that, that photo that uh, people said he looked like a single mother. I love that photo. People also say he looked like Harriet Tubman, but he looked. On that note, I think the podcast is over. We tried today. We really did. This is Um, reporting the news, you know. This is what the people had to say. Right. But my favorite are the memes that are all about Tyler the Creator, just in the corner being said. Yeah, I saw those and I was just cackling, but also, yeah. I remember, then I oddly remembered when ASAP Rocky went to like jail and where was it? Yeah, and then he made like a really like interesting rap about it. Tyler the creator talking about how he would switch places so he can like sleep with all the Sweden boys. And I was just like, this is making me <laughs> uncomfortable because he's also in jail. Like, let's also be clear. Okay, but it was Swedish jail. Like, what it else was Swedish jail, but college. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just like college dorm rooms. You know that. Yikes. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, Tyler the creator going from just like the most violently homophobic music to just being in love with dirty white boys. Yep, is a transition. That's a huge transition. Yep, yep. Oof. But yeah, so yeah, we're jumping into it. Hello. What are we, what are we talking about today? <laughs> We did not make a plan. We didn't make a plan, but those are usually our best episodes. Right? Those are usually our best episodes. Okay, let's think. What's been happening in the news? And by news, I mean Twitter. I'm going on Twitter literally right now. Okay, so let's go to trending. We don't care about football. Why are the first three football? Um, And white people news. Okay. Trending number four. 
Harry Styles' song Adore You is now a year old. Now, let me tell you how I just listened to the song maybe four or five months ago. Exceptional white boy song. Now you know. I don't know what that sounds like. Understandable. I'm Understandable. Sure it was wonderful. Wonderful. I don't know what that sounds like. Wonderful. I Watermelon sugar. Uh, watermelon sugar is also fantastic. I will say with Adore You, he says brown skin and lemon over ice. So the brown girls, we really feel like we got one in this uh-huh. but i really do think he's talking about tan skin but i'm a pretend i'm a pretend that he's talking about a black woman no i think he might mean black girls because in watermelon sugar he got a black he got at least one black girl in that video one out of how many black girls are in that that watermelon sugar video i don't know my i have a baby cousin who believes her husband lives in england because of this white man okay i mean i will say this i was telling my mom me and my mom we had a conversation about it and i think Zayn is the most attractive out of the One Direction boys. However, Harry's a good number two, and we can't, we got, we cannot deny that. I, I can, I will say sure. I see it for y'all, <laughs> but it won't be me. That's how I feel. Speaking of Harry Styles, so I was watching, I was on TikTok, mm-hmm. and this one girl was like, "What is a celebrity that you absolutely believe in your mind that you can pull?" So. She did it in she did it in like these sections though. She said like 100% no she can pull. About 50% it can go either way and then like 10% but on a lucky day it could technically happen. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking about that wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. And I really do I don't know who would be on my list and what category, but I definitely want to have this conversation. I, actually cuz I saw that I saw that premise too because there was a girl who was like she genuinely believed she could pull uh John Ham. Oh, I, I didn't see like, that one. She, she genuinely this- believed she could pull John Ham. Like, I have the audacity to believe I could pull John Ham. And then she basically was like, because every person she's ever desired to pull, she has achieved. Therefore, she has a hundred percent batting average. She can't lose. Now so this is I'm more thinking- of a manifestation, more so than a just a generalization of who she can pull because if she's already no, pulling them or no this is more she just believes in her abilities this much okay okay here skill alone she believes this and i was like you know what confuses um and i'm thinking about that i'm thinking about it as you're talking about you know what <laughs> i don't know if this is true or not i'm gonna go logan browning and i see that for you i see that <laughs> and i'm trying to you know i'm trying to give you um uh who else who else who else i don't what is like a young version of yaya abdul mateen stop because that's who i think and like that's my 10 percent. i think i could pull like i feel like if yaya was just like out here in these streets i probably right and like i ignore him on purpose like you got to play a game Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh my God, who are you? <laughs> and he's like, you don't, you don't know who I am. And I'm like, no, I genuinely don't. You look like somebody I know though. He's like, yeah, you might get Yaya Abdul-Mateen the second. And I'm like, who is that? I don't know who that is. <laughs> then I walk away. Hear me out. I walk away. And then he's like, wait, 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 wait. Hold on now. Hold on now. Do you genuinely not know who I, who I am? And I'm like, no, I have to go. I have somewhere to be. And then he's like, 
do you want to like hang out? And I'm like, mm, I have to check my schedule because I genuinely do not know if I can hang out with you in this moment. Bitch, what in the Wattpad hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to write the fan fiction right now. <laughs> That's like, you know, those stories with the little white girls getting sold to one direction. <laughs> That was really a fantasy of every little white girl in like 2015 was to be sold to Harry Styles. Not sold. Okay. Oh, oh my God. Listen, but listen, it could, it 10% could happen. I just got to ignore him and play the long game. Um, I, I then answered my own question as to who is the young, young up Yaya Abdul Mateen that I could pull and it's John David Washington. I also could see that. I genuinely yeah. could see that. Also, if I really was in the mood to just tolerate some hotepery, what's his face from Gronish? Oh, Lucas Abat? No, I thought about that. Absolutely, I could, but I cannot do that. I will not no. go there because no. I don't want to. Absolutely. I don't even know how what's her face does it because I don't want to. Um, what's his? No, the other one. The one with the, the prince lock. With the little thing? Um, yeah. What's his name? What's the boy's name? If I wish Marianne was here, she know his name. The boy who made uh, Boys Need Love too. No, I know who you are talking about, but the name is escaping me. <laughs> he was he being things. Trevor, Trevor Jackson? Trevor, no. Is, is it Trevor Jackson? Trevor Jackson. I knew his name was Trevor, but I'm like, I don't know his last name. Um, his name is... Girl, why did I feel like I could believe I forgot his name? Trevor Jackson. And then, like, I would, like, let... Do you think I could pull Tessa Thompson? Absolutely. I genuinely believe that you could pull Tessa Thompson. Period. And then I would let I would let Janelle Monet try to pull me and then I would pull her. So you that's okay. That's a plan. That's a that's a thing. Yes, if you think about it, yes. Hmm. Yes, that's what those yes. I like that list though. It's a really good list. Thank you. Love was just a bunch of light skin bitches. <laughs> I think the light skin bitches. What a concept. I cackle. I cackle. Um, so besides my yaya and my like full length plan, um, yes, love it. Part of I could be the friend. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You could be the one who calls to distract me. Exactly. And I'm like, oh, you're busy. Right, right. See, we're putting. Let's just make a break. Like, these are important plans. Do you want to reschedule for this stranger? Oh, uh, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. And then you ask me on the phone, like, is he cute? And then I'll be like, ah, oh, he's about a seven, but he only hears that I said that he's about a seven. So you now he's just like, like seven to his face. You're doing a lie. But listen, but listen, but listen. He falls madly in love with me. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And then when quarantine, you know, is over, I'm on the red carpet to whatever like thing he's doing. Okay, you see what I'm okay, saying? He get a Marvel red carpet. <laughs> Do you think you could pull Jonathan Majors? High key, I probably could. Yes, high I key, I probably could. Although I think he has a just like a perchant for white women, so maybe that might not be a situation. But like, this could be some beautiful African American love for like two seconds. I feel like it would just. I be feel like his destiny. Also, I watched his GQ interview and it was the, like, what is in my bag or my 10 essentials or whatever yes, it is. That one, yes. The cutest thing. 
he's genuinely so cute like you could tell he curates things like when he was talking about his little jeans and his mm -hmm. he collect watches watches he was like everywhere i go i'm like okay and then when he pulled out the little clown nose i was just like all right you know what his cup cup was really nice he's like i just got like this really nice cup cup right yes listen i think yes so i'm gonna put jonathan majors on your list i feel like i could pull jonathan majors for a hot second um part of me believes that i could pull winston duke but like not in my 100 like absolutely but on a 50 50 chance right and then like for i feel like hotepery since you added a hotep in there mm-hmm. hear me out hear me out if i get hella hella weird lakeith stanfield Girl, if why I get I... hella hella weird. I was thinking that. I was thinking <laughs> myself as well. I was like, why did I not put Lakeith on there? <laughs> I'm telling you. Yes, yes. The whole tap foolishness that would happen. Girl, I concur. I concur. I'm Amazing. there. We do it together. Also, I'm putting Lena on my list, but that wouldn't be that hard. That wouldn't be that hard. <laughs> oh my God, no. You need to put Cynthia on so I can like fight her. That's the this is like the first time we've discussed it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even a fan of Cynthia. Like, I'm gonna just get Lena just so I can protect Cynthia from you. <laughs> like, girl, you're gonna have to leave the country. Oh my gosh. For legal reasons, uh, that I'm is a joke. Gonna, <laughs> I'm also gonna put John Boyega on your list. I think I could. Low key. Low key. Girl, not low key. At least low mid key. Woo! Yeah. Although now I'm questioning him a little bit. Why? Oh, why? Because of the Letitia thing, or yes, because they've been friends for like ten years, and you know how they say birds of a feather kind of flock together. Yes, but I don't think he's as Christian as she is, because really this is stemming from her religiosity. As yes, but also yes, but also Christian. She's a newfound one. Yeah, she's only been Christian for like two, three years. I did not know that. I did not know that. How do you know this? Because I did her Bible plan on the Bible app mm-hmm. like about six months ago. Mm, which is okay. Talking. Basically, she became a Christian right around the time she got involved with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. At least that's what I remember from the plan. Is that just, okay, I can I can see that. Yeah, because the plan was really about her coming to God. Okay. And I think, unfortunately, she is an overcompensator when it mm. comes to Sky Daddy, so. Okay, okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. Which I was thinking that should be like something we discuss is this whole why black people are apprehensive of the vaccine and why Lucifer race is not a good reason. Not- I literally have a Twitter draft that I, so you know, one day I'm gonna release all my drafts and then I'm gonna just let like hell break loose because some of my drafts are really inappropriate or like really crazy. But one of the things that are in my drafts right now, I was like basically saying an enzyme is not the reason why you should be fearful of the, the, the vaccine. Right. the centuries of experimentation and structural and historical racism is the reason why you may be fearful and that's a legitimate reason no oh, yeah i was talking to someone about like sort of the history of tuskegee and how that really sort of becomes our basis for why black people don't trust mm-hmm. uh, medicine and sort of like then as a non-american as someone who's not even in america like what does that mean sort of about mistrust of doctors mm-hmm. but i feel like yes that is the basis of it for many people. But at the same time, it's like the violence against Black people in the medical world exists like 
outside so, of right so omnipresent regardless of that mm-hmm. it's the fact that you can go to the doctor right now and they don't even know who what where tuskegee is and they still gonna mistreat you my the person that i ta for and i guess i need to start calling him my mentor in some capacity but he's currently writing a book he focuses mainly on methods but Mm -hmm. he is writing a book talking about how medicine was a vehicle for racism and continues to be a vehicle for racism and back in so this is a quick story but not too long hopefully this guy used to talk to it was the cutest thing and probably the best present i've gotten from a person I was interested in he got me a book called medical apartheid right I read that from my capstone um Mm -hmm. senior college I love that book it's such a good book but like it literally sits and lays out all of the things and that's specific to African-Americans imagine if we expanded that Mm -hmm. to just black mean black people right hot and top venus like let's go let's talk about that (laughs) like Um, have you read killing the black body I haven't Right. let me let me i scanned it i have not read it in its entirety it's literally sitting in my bookcase over there killing the black bruh i remember i read that book and i'm like i will only be using this book from there on out like i would <laughs> and i took her class yeah um, I took her class for a different book she read mm. but um i don't know i think it's sort of very interesting being someone like us being public health professionals mm-hmm. and also being black people black women mm-hmm. and understanding like the sort of the contradictions that exist right i am at my core a sex educator Mm -hmm. i'm all about knowledge i also have personally have a strong aversion to birth control yeah we talked about that yes and for a very long time it was really about sort of like this whole experience of the violence that occurred in order for even birth control to even to exist the fact that in its first instances y'all sent it to puerto rico and basically yep. poisoned puerto rican women yes you did know what we're doing mm-hmm. and it's like so it's like yes i can look at the covid vaccine and be like mm, i'm gonna need to take that so i can leave my house and also be like hmm why do i feel like this is the beginning of the zombie apocalypse not to that extreme but you know what i mean like but also thinking like i don't want to be one of the first people to get it mm-hmm I get that no I was gonna say I get that I feel like the other like I so I I watch a lot of MSNBC and and like CNN and stuff like that and they've been really putting their foot in this whole idea of having black people explain the safety black doctors explain the safety of the vaccine and I don't particularly like that and this is the reason why I feel like traditionally just hear me out when I'm watching, I'm just use MSNBC as an example. When I'm watching that and they're bringing medical experts on, they're rarely Black people. They're rarely Black doctors because you know, and they specifically will say during their interview that Black people are skeptical of the COVID-19 vaccine. Mm-hmm. It feels like they're feeding this information through to, to through these Black doctors to feed through us, right? Like they're making a specific ploy and like, almost utilizing and using them right and i don't like that because any other day i turn on msnbc if it wasn't a national pandemic or excuse me a worldwide pandemic happening y'all when i have these black doctors on you're having you're having them literally on so we can discuss and talk about why black people should take the vaccine and then the other thing i've been thinking about when it comes to this vaccine i think ultimately i will take it but mostly because i think my job will probably force me to take it right and i think that's the other thing that's been like uh on my mind and i think back to um uh what is that that court case that we read 
in our law class. The zoo dude? Not the zoo dude. The the vaccine one. In Massachusetts. Jackson, Jameson, Johnson. I don't remember. I remember the case. Right. And it makes me, it makes, Mm -hmm. it makes me think about that and how this will be a modern day version of it because so many people are going to go against the vaccine, not just for historical reasons, but also like there are going to be religious groups who are like, I don't want this vaccine. There are going to be just so many different entities that say it. But then I feel like if my job can mandate me Uh to get a flu shot, they can definitely mandate me to get a COVID-19 vaccine. And I'm not sure where I, where I feel with that. For, uh, you know, for those listening at home, the court case that we cannot name um, was really just about this idea of vaccination in the name of the greater good and how we as individuals have a responsibility to our communities to care for each other. And therefore you can't say, oh, I don't want the vaccine for myself because you walking around unvaccinated can harm other people. Though I read something that was talking about- Jacobson, um, boom, I'm sorry. There you go. <laughs> I'm close, I Jackson. but i was reading something that was talking about how like even like people who are vaccinated like yes they will be safe but they can still transmit and then spread the disease and so how it's really about using the vaccine as another tool just like Mm -hmm. how you know down the road they were like you start wearing masks because you can still have the vaccine in your nose in your mouth on your fingers and you go about your life like oh i'm good you can still harm other people who might not be vaccinated or as invulnerable yet so yeah, I I don't know. I feel like also I don't like the fact that they're shaming people into getting the well, vaccine because over again. we've literally learned, and I'm I'm saying this more in a public health context. We've literally learned and spent years understanding the fact of a matter that fear tactics do not work in the context of health. They never worked in the context of health. We think of dare, right? Everyone thought that was a joke. And literally, someone has a deer shirt in they in their closet right now. Like, Bro, it was it people to more drugs. They were literally right. like, oh, here are all these drugs I could be doing. I could totally be doing these things. So, like, I feel like fair and you know, like people are dying exponentially about this uh, by this vac um by this uh COVID nineteen. Like, you should be doing this, and if you don't, you don't care about your grandma. And I'm like, whoa, wait, hold on now, hold on now. I get what you're trying to do, but FAIR isn't going to be the tactic yeah. in which to get people to take this vaccine. And then the other thing that I like, I feel like I just, I want COVID to be the thing that shines light on some of the true injustices and systemic problems within mm-hmm. our healthcare system mm-hmm. to the reason why POCs are getting COVID at these like crazy rates mm-hmm. in comparison to white folks, mm-hmm. right? But that's not going to happen because then we have to have once again another conversation about all of the things that have been happening to allow for these systemic issues to take place mm-hmm. and allowing these health inequities to manifest. Mm-hmm. I had two thoughts, but then I forgot the first thought. Um, My bad, homie. No, you're good. No, you're good. It was in relation to what you were saying, but then you said so many great things. Um, okay, so I think, okay, so here's the first thought that I had. The first thought I had is like, I'm gonna be real. The people who aren't gonna take the vaccine aren't gonna take the vaccine. They've already decided this. They probably never really got the flu shot. Like they're not gonna do it. Mm-hmm. I have, cause you know me, I follow I follow my my friends, the Hilltaps on Twitter. <laughs> I, love, I love what, I love their culture. 
you know, mm-hmm. but I don't want to participate. And I have one girl who was like, I will not be taking the vaccine. Uh, I'm going to let y'all know this now and I'm going to say it with my chest. So if you want to unfollow me, unfollow me. Because mm-hmm. there are people who understand that they believe what they believe. They believe that all they need is CMOS and Dr. Sebi and they'll be fine. <laughs> Side and, note. Go ahead. No, you finish because I have a, a joke someone said. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. And I think that's sort of part of it too. It's sort of like, with, like I was saying with voting, it's sort of like people, people know why they believe what they believe. Mm-hmm. There's some people who don't. And I feel like, yes, you can talk to those people. But those mm-hmm. are like... The fear tactics you're using are for the people who already are adamant about how they feel. Exactly. So, tell your joke and then I'll tell you, say my second point. Somebody was like, when uh, England was finally, you lose their, uh, the NHS. Mm-hmm. Somebody was like, let me go find out what Dr. Sebi be talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I have a Dr. Sebi that was like, it was basically like him being like, bitch, pineapple's not gonna do nothing. <laughs> I said people been murdered for the Dr. Study documentary is ridiculous. <laughs> oh mm-hmm. man. Y'all well, got me eating fenugreek. I'm tired. They really do well, have me eating fenugreek though. <laughs> my favorite is people who are like, I remember this one dude was like, he was sick, and this girl he was talking to made him eat take elderberry. Mm-hmm. And she gave him elderberry poisoning. Then they killed him. Well. I'm just like y'all need to be careful y'all don't know what you're doing Mm-mm. um what was I gonna say okay to a different point because this is something that's missing on my spirit these past couple days mm-hmm. um, so I'm watching Grey's Anatomy right and it's like they have so they have the black people they have a couple black doctors and this one every time she get on FaceTime with her little boyfriend who's also a doctor at a different hospital it's always like it's like they're always like yeah we're especially sad because we're black or they'll be like yeah, is this like, Maggie and her boyfriend yes mm-hmm. And I'm just tired because it's like, it's like no matter what, you always gonna remind me that we're sad because we're black. And I'm yeah. just like, I'm like, I get what y'all are trying to do. And like, let's be real, sh- like television is now doing exactly what I want to spend the rest of my life trying to do well. Mm-hmm. They're not doing it well, in my opinion, because it's so heavy handed. It's so like, oh, now we have to talk about these things because these are the things that need to be talked about. And it's like, yes, but you were always talking about these things. You just didn't know it. But I wonder, I wonder how does writing for a specific audience plays into that? So for example, I'm thinking of Blackish, right? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I will fundamentally always view Blackish as a show that is written for white people. And once you watch it through that lens, it becomes hilarious, right? Because like some of these lessons, Black people kind of already know. They give you a like, presentation on like- a, They genuinely do. They genuinely do. That's the point of Blackish. <laughs> Once they point out <laughs> once they point out once they start gathering the uh animations, I know it's time for me to tune out for a second because I know they're about to give white people a lesson. Like they go start, speak softly and explain things to you. So mm-hmm. I I wonder if when you're watching Grey's Anatomy, and we've talked about this before, how Grey's Anatomy might be a show that's written through the lens of like white women and, and maybe yeah. women of color, not necessarily black women, but women of color. Mm-hmm. Um I wonder does that play a role because like mm. we're black we know this right like it's not mm-hmm. you know what i mean no i feel you. oh yeah i feel you um so i know that right now the current showrunner is a white woman which i think probably has something to do with it as well okay and like yes i definitely agree that it's sort of like there is sort of this 
lens of like you're watching black people have black conversations and mm-hmm. i think that is it too i think that's the thing that bothers me is it doesn't feel like the way black people actually talk to each other because no okay. black people goes up to the other black person like you said about being black me too it's like yes we can talk about those feelings and what we're experiencing but like it doesn't have to be so overt and explicit in this way that they're doing it because it's um, definitely never that way i feel like when things happen you we literally are just like oh yeah are you okay like and like you can name it it's not right it's not like oh well and more black people are dying from covid Mm -hmm. like yes we don't know that so we can maybe talk about the racism Mm -hmm. what's interesting is in the same episode where they were once again doing that piece they actually had a very interesting conversation about like anti-asian sentiment and also like bias when it comes to medicine for asian people Mm-hmm. So the whole thing was like a white doctor missed a diagnosis because he made an assumption about a patient who was Asian but applied sort of a white understanding of medicine. Right. Then what they did was after the Asian doctors came to him and like talked to him about it, he was he then had to go to the black lady to then have that conversation about his own biases where she's like, yeah, girl, you need to do the research. Especially she was like, you're a person of power, therefore you have to decide like are these protocols enough? Do you know enough? What are you going to do about it? And I was like, like, it was kind of nice to have that conversation, but you're still then reinforcing that idea that like, in order to sort of have that education, to do that next step, you need sort of like a black person to, to to, to mm -hmm. put you, especially because like, and I love her so very much, but Miranda Bailey has always served as Mm -hmm. the mammy of Seattle Mm -hmm. Grace Mercy West. Mm -hmm. Yes. Agreed. That was exceptional. Yeah, but I did learn about right side diverticulitis. <laughs> okay, medical degree. I'm serious. You know what? Reason, I mean, they will not do this for legal purposes, but they should like have like a trivia situation and then give everyone Grey's Anatomy's medical degrees. Period. If you can pass. Oh, I would love that. Oh yeah, but like, I can imagine white. Like I can imagine certain people. Let me not say just white, but I can imagine certain people in certain places would be like, I have a medical degree and we'll slam that bad boy on the table, giving somebody like mouth to mouth or some, something like, I'm a doctor. What's amazing is like, um, like, Hel- like when you buy stuff from the Hillman bookstore, they send you a acceptance letter to Hillman. So mm-hmm. something like that, like you buy yeah. anatomy scrubs and now you're a Grey's Anatomy doctor. Right. Like, that'd be cute. That'd be cute. Speaking of doctor and speaking of COVID, cause we've been on this, mm-hmm. um, breaking news. Yes. Rudy Giuliani has COVID-19. Now, I just want to say something, and God knows my heart and knows where I'm going with this, but I feel like COVID came for Trump. Trump survived. COVID came for Chris Christie. Chris Christie survived. Rudy, baby, it's not going to be a three for three, okay? I'm just being honest. I don't think it'll be a three for three. Rudy's like a bajillion years old. Because it's been so consistently the oh because the only person it took was Herman Cain. It did. And there you go. It ties right back into our conversation. It that did. Maybe COVID is the one that's racist. COVID <laughs> 19 is racist. Like, yes, there's so many other things that go into that. Right. But I believe the virus in of itself <laughs> got into a black man's body and said, you know what? This, this is the hell I <laughs> this ain't you. This is the life I want to take. Um, I don't know. Rudy Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani has survived a lot, if we're being perfectly honest. That whole Boris situation, he left unscathed. 
Listen. Also, did you see that video of that drunk lady at the um at the hearing for about the votes? When I tell you I'm tired of this country a little bit, like I just need a Biden has won 47 times. Like, let's wrap it up. Everyone has certified their stuff. Like he literally has enough, all the states certified enough for him to actually have over 270 electoral votes. It's time for us to all go to sleep. Like it's time for us to get ready for January 20th at 12.01 PM, right? Where it's time, it's time. December 14th. Truthfully, if we're being honest, because a black woman is tired and I feel like there's too much time there's too much time to let Trump get into some things and the administration. Now, I would like to say, and I wish I would have said this on this on this podcast, but my mother can verify it. I had a conversation thinking about could he pre-pardon himself, right? And now, now, and it's saying now, legal scholars are starting to think about this. And the answer definitely isn't no. We don't know if it's yes either. It's 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 murky ground. The Constitution never even tried it before. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So this is the time for him to try, right? Because he's trying to pardon himself, his associates, and his family. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this don't sit well with me. Like, I, my thing is this: I feel like the founding fathers, if that's what we want to call them, when they were creating this government and creating this document for us to follow for hundreds of years to come they were kind of like me rushing on an assignment I didn't really care about I made sure the structure was there but I didn't really look at all the details right and think about this fully also that's like you at five years old writing a document for yourself at 25 exactly exactly you really couldn't fathom what you was gonna need at that time five-year-old me wanted some cheese sticks and some ants on the log that's all she wanted okay like she was like, I want my one gun that shoots five feet air and might kill somebody. It might. Just might. So say all of this to say, I think I genuinely believe this. I think it's time for us to look at the constitution again and create some new things because technically in said constitution, uh three-fifths of a human is still in there, very much still in there. Never was technically redacted, right? Yes, we have a new amendment to like throw that off but it's still technically in there when y'all was talking about some prohibition and not drinking alcohol y'all strike that from the record baby but so yeah no more? yeah i don't think that's in there i think they cut that amendment out because it was a because they amended an amendment right so that's why i'm saying like i feel like in this current day and age mm-hmm. let's sit down let's talk it out because for example I feel like, and, and, you know, we talked about Barack last time, but he made an interesting point. I was watching his Breakfast Club interview and he was just like, it was too long in my opinion. And I did not care about most of it, but I was like, let me watch it on the strength. So he talked about how it's not really particularly fair that Iowans who have like a smaller population have the same amount of representation as a state of like California with like a bajillion people, right? Mm-hmm. And how we should be changing some of those things, right? Land doesn't vote. Land doesn't vote. And that is key. So, yeah. Um, we just need to change stuff. That's where I'm at. So yes. I, I forget who I was having this conversation with. But we were having this conversation about how, because America has never truly... I forget who, where was I having this conversation because America has never truly experienced war, mm. we've never, we have never had the opportunity nor the desire to 
to rebuild. We don't know what it means to rebuild. That's true. Because we don't know what loss means. Mm -hmm. And I was talking, we were talking about how you have these Gen Z revolutionaries who are so like caught up in the aesthetics of revolution and this idea of revolution. I really wish you would watch the new episode of Euphoria. But like caught up in that idea to the point where they don't understand like to have a revolution requires destruction and a loss of things and it's like someone was like that's where refugees come from it's like so it's like because america has never lost it it, it believes it can only win and right. i think covid is sort of our loss but the problem is we're like we have been so delusioned for so long that we still think we can win the mm-hmm. fact that like we are now worse off than we ever were before and we're, so, and we're like, nope, we're just going to pretend like things are good as usual till there's a vaccine. Like, why is why are people still out shopping? Why are people partying? And then you see Australia, they're having music festivals because they understood and because they've, they've figured it out. But we refuse to let go of what we believe has always worked because we've never seen it not work. I agree. I think on top of that, too, like, I felt like Americans took the very American route of dealing with this virus we literally were like all right and like remember at the like middle of march everyone's like oh it's just two weeks we can do it and after that they got bored so then it was just like well it's time for me to go back outside honey like the summer happened people wanted to be outside and now it's december and we've been in this pandemic for nine months and people are tired and we still had like even with this vaccine on the way and I don't really like how the media is a hundred and like how they're going about talking about the the vaccine and things so people now think it's like oh my god it's over over mm-hmm. just because a vaccine is going to be made available relatively soon we're not we're no. not we're not finished this we still got at least another six to like 12 months of this game playing like like I'm not I'm not I don't know letting go of my breath even though i am breathing through all of this but yeah i'm not like cross uncrossing my fingers until 2022 right um and i've been thinking okay so something i've been thinking about a lot is loss i'm like what if sort of what comes with loss da, 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 da. um because so i don't know if you saw but there's this church in new york it's like the middle something church i forget the middle church um and there was a fire yesterday and the it was like the building next door to it burned and then the entire church burnt down and the church has been around since like the 1800s yikes yes and it's this like fairly small church but it's very lgbt inclusive it's like race diverse like you could just tell the energy of this church is inclusivity like they participate in the pride parade um oh, that's dope. Titus Burgess, you know, Titus from a, a commission, like this is his church. Like he okay. is for the choir, which is how I really found out about it. Okay. And so I was like, you know me, I've always sort of been apprehensive of sort of the institution of church because there's just so many political and like man-made issues with the capital C church. Mm-hmm. And so then I like watched their, their like Sunday, uh, sort of special thing that they had but also their worship yeah. this morning and it was just like really profound to see them both grieve but also then think about like what comes next because their main pastor is this wonderful auntie you know she got locked she was wearing this nice little red jacket of course <laughs> he's a white husband it was just it was head you know 
it had to it had to happen exactly. <laughs> i was like she was like my husband's not gonna come up like it's a white man and it was certainly indeed <laughs> a, white man. a white man i loved it um but yeah and so she was talking about like you know being sad and angry but also sort of like what comes out of this and then i saw one lady in the comments talking about some like like i'm really scared like I've, with everything that 2020 has brought like i feel like it's the end mm. and I don't know for my and like I had a lot of conflicting feelings because I was like here I am coming into this moment of grief with Mm -hmm. all of you and because I haven't been there before I can't feel that grief but what I can feel is the possibility what I can Mm -hmm. feel is that this fire has has brought me to this church and I can't be the only one who's here today because of it Mm -hmm. and so yes the physical building is gone but in that loss, something else has grown larger. Mm. And, I've, and I've, I'm starting to realize that sort of feels like what 2020 is. It's about knowing what you have to lose mm. in order to make room for what you wish to gain. Because that was this beautiful. Year, thank you. This real year was really about, for me, sort of like I was on a very dark path where I was like, I all I have is, is loss. It's like mm-hmm. I am... I am reaching an end point and that will be it. Mm-hmm. And sort of once I sort of came to that moment where I realized where it was like, I can no longer allow myself to lose, to be nothing, to have nothing. It's like, mm-hmm. once I had the choice to seek more, I achieved more. Mm-hmm. And like these last couple months, weeks even had demonstrated that. Like when I sort of opened myself up to receiving more, it became present absolutely More on that but then also connecting it back to Sula it was that idea that like once the people of the bottom had somewhere to place their anger their frustration their their despair which is in this black woman who did not feel or seem like theirs mm-hmm. they were then able to take care of themselves better show up for the community more in a completely different way so yes those are my thoughts that's absolutely stunning I feel like in that same grain of vulnerability so mm-hmm. something I've talked to my therapist about is the concept of loss, right? Mm-hmm. So she's explained to me, and I think this is a very like interesting point, but loss isn't just like a physical, like, like people dying, right? For example, but loss can be just things leaving. And that has been like a reoccurring theme in my life, right? I had like a loss of childhood. I had to grow up a lot faster than I particularly wanted to, right? Mm-hmm. There was a, a, a loss of actual people not necessarily through death but through their lack of ability of being a parent or a a good family member or whatever the case may be um and the way in which you just talked about it talked about dealing with the concept of loss but also understanding the kind of that you can't get you can't receive with a closed hand sort of thing right yes I think applying that to the concept is really like interesting and unique and understanding that yes, those things are gone, but in that same token, when you're able to open yourself up, mm-hmm. more beautiful things can come in. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. actually, you, you've helped me a little bit with my abandonment issues. You better go off. Okay. <laughs> you. Yes. Cause I'm like, and like this is something they talk about with the whole uh, euphoria thing but talking about Mm -hmm. that idea of like things happening for a reason or why do things happen because I'm not one to tell you that this horrible thing happened to you because (laughs) it's a lesson to be learned or because like do I believe everything happens for a reason yes but I also feel like there is 
an ability within that to sort of be like, well, this fucking sucked or like mm-hmm. feel all your feelings within that without having to Absolutely. sort of like answer or qualifier to it. It's like, oh, you had to feel bad in order to feel good. No, I think that in every moment we have a choice. And I think there are those moments where it's like, all right, what I need right now, what I need to choose right now is to feel shitty, is to feel angry, is to feel sad. Mm-hmm. And, and then from that, you can then continue on and be like, and, and sort of find out like what more can there be found in that, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I think that's sort of what 2020 is. And I th- I'm sure that's an ext- sort of even a privileged sort of view, but also a very spiritual view of like taking 2020 as an opportunity to really take stock of like what, what is and isn't and where do we go from here? Yeah. Yes. I definitely, I definitely see that. So my motto from going into 2021 is always. Oh, also Harry Potter reference. Is it? Yeah. What's the reference? When uh, Lily died and Snape saw her body and then when Dumbledore decided to be like, really after, oh wait, let me backtrack. When uh, Severus's Patronus is still Lily's Patronus mm-hmm. and and Dumbledore is like after all this time and he's like always oh that fucking creep he really did not love that woman he was obsessed with that woman and it was so fucking weird it was absolutely and then I feel like the other part that's where you really abuse this child because he looked like because his, of his daddy, daddy. Severus <laughs> come on that sweetheart I saw, I think it was like a TikTok where it was like, uh, it was like Dumbledore having a conversation with Snape and it was like, it was like, she would rather die than date you. Yeah. He's like, he's like, like, but wait, he's like, no, she, she, she chose death death. over you, my guy. She don't want you. And I feel like this is getting into it, but I just feel like there are, there are legitimate conversations that could be had about harry potter and specifically severus snape and dumbledore but the community just don't don't have those i I don't understand it they just can't hold those those conversations like do i think that dumbledore was this absolutely amazing like the leader professor x of hogwarts Ter- he was terrible though he was also not a good human being he let the kids get hogwarts <laughs> is the safest place bro no you're literally describing professor x professor x would get the mutant kids send he them off to die basically and sit in his house and then sit in his house like can you imagine you said your kids to learn school and then they're dead it's the same on both hands you you're want your child to teach learn algebra it was for the greater good also you let the children you know what? This is great. You let the children kind of dictate the future of the world, of mm-hmm. their particular world. I'm thinking of the Wizarding World right now, but like when there were other adults around that could have honestly went on the 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 Hulkrox journey too. You know what I mean? Like you sent three te- you fit you sent three teenagers in the woods to go <laughs> find these things, and then you knew for a fact that Harry himself was one, and we didn't like sit to sit with the sim down maybe and like have a conversation but yeah um i don't know i feel like the harry potter community sees it one way or the other the same way they they see 
a lot of these characters kind of one way or another. Like no one wants to have that conversation about Sirius. And I think we really need to have that conversation about Sirius. What's the conversation about Sirius? Um, Sirius, great character. Love him. I liked him. Um, backstory, I feel like we let the uh the when they were teenagers, we let that story kind of just go over people's heads. What that he was Tried a bully? To, not that not just that he was a bully, but he let Severus mm-hmm. find Remus while he was becoming a werewolf <laughs> and basically was setting him up so Severus could die. And we all are just like, cool. Damn. <laughs> like, Damn. and it was James who's ended up saving Severus. And that's also part of the reason why Severus does not like that man. So I'm just like, we're yeah. just going to ignore the murder plot. Cool, 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 cool. And under, yes, he's 16 and stupid. Like, I get that, right? Mm-hmm. But, and not all 16-year-olds, let me make that clarification too. All Not all 16-year-olds are stupid. But in this case, Sirius did a very stupid thing with terrible consequences. But he literally didn't even get suspended or anything. It was just like, oh, don't do that again. And we're all just like, yes, yeah, Sirius, Black, that's it, period. And I'm like, okay. But that's enough Harry Potter for today. I'm screaming. Um... I love how uh, young adult franchises of the 2010s are what is radicalizing the youth of today. <laughs> Everybody swear they can't miss Everdeen. They volunteer as tribute, okay? They volunteer as tribute. I just remember reading that shit and be like, mm, what was it? District 3 is the slave district. Was it 3 or not? No, 11. 11 was the slave district because there were only Negroes slave. there and they were all sharecroppers. Tell me that wasn't tell me that wasn't inherently racist tell me that wasn't inherently racist well they just started because that was like the slave district and then you had what's the size and there's like this quiet black man who protects this little black girl it's like um okay i was when i tell you tired tired i was like so no one's gonna like say it cool that's fine bruh i know was mm. no i was gonna say it was just bad enough for them to be all black, but to make it a share cop with cropping district, it was, it was terrible. terrible. No, plantation country. <laughs> that was terrible. Absolutely awful. Um, what's hilarious is I read every single last one of those books. I've seen one movie. I've seen exactly one of the movies. You should watch the Mahershala Ali shows up in the last two. Okay. But I just remember they made Letty Kravitz what's his face? And I was like, this is this is was like a solid choice. I remember yeah. when they were trying to cast Jesse Williams as the mermaid one. What's the name? Finnick? I quit. That was a that was a casting choice. People were trying to make that casting trying, choice. The fans were trying to cast him. Everybody named mom was like, this is the one. And I was like, I'm not mad. I'll see it. I'll watch it. Did I watch it? No, but I'd watch it. I feel like. I don't know. Not a terrible choice, but not the best choice either. But, <laughs> but you know. Um, but yeah, I think sort of the, I love the sort of resurgence of sort of the cultural things we grew up with on yeah. TikTok. Like the fact that there is a Twilight talk. Yes. And, and bruh, like, because I absolutely borrowed Breaking Dawn from the library 
uh, and had a great time. Yes. I remember I was like, I used to, you know, do tennis lessons. So every Friday mm-hmm. we go to tennis. And there was this one girl who always was talking about Twilight. She was talking <laughs> about Twilight. She'd be like, she was like, these books and there's vampires. And she'd explain to her friends about Twilight. And I was like, oh, these feel like these very profound, like right. she's like a really smart girl. So I was like, oh, these must be like super interesting, really well done books, like so good. And then Twilight blew up and I was like, girl, this is what she was talking about. <laughs> this is where she was getting. That's what she was getting, baby. Like, <laughs> and I was like, I get it, but damn, girl, mm-hmm. you lucky you was ahead of the curve because this is embarrassing. Listen, I feel like so I don't know if I told you, but over the Thanksgiving break, my mom had the really great idea for us to watch Twilight, all the Twilight movies, because she watches them but trashes them at the same time, yeah, right? You have to. Um, like so we're watching them from beginning to end and my mom's just like I don't understand how this was a big part of your life <laughs> from ages like 15 <laughs> to like 17 I was like listen it was team Edward or die and now I'm like yes I was team Edward I was not team Jacob were you team Jacob were you team imprinting on a child <laughs> were you team okay, imprinting know, on a minute, child wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> you did not know about it at the time ever did I have a shirt that says my boyfriend runs in a peg? <laughs> did I do that? Yes. I was team Edward, period. Oh, you wanted you wanted a boy that sparkled? You wanted a girl. Absolutely. 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 Absolutely not. And then it's funny because now, so like when we, we watched it, right? I'm noticing things. Like obviously, once I became like older, I was like, so both of these men were terrible choices for Bella. Like, oh, Bella's a terrible choice for Bella, but like, <laughs> whatever. I'm watching it and I'm like, yo, I wonder how much the Cullen's house cost. <laughs> it was such a nice house. And remember Edward's room with like the glass and like oh, the glass. floor to ceiling. Like, I don't... Like, she was outside. I said, that is beautiful. That was stunning. And I'm just like, yo, how much does this... How much does this gorgeous it's so so beautiful no but when you hear about the different things that went into making those movies like the fact that in the first one they couldn't afford to pay everyone so in like the baseball scene there are cardboard cutouts of emmett and jasper or that by the time they did um they did the sex scene when they was in which one was that breaking dawn breaking Uh, dawn they hated each other so much that they had to wear like latex bodysuits so they weren't actually naked Oh, they hated each other? I thought they were still dating at the time. No, they had just broken up. And they were so- Oh, because she was cheating. She was cheating. Oh, wasn't? Who was she cheating? Remember, she was cheating with that director of the Snow White and the Huntsman. Although I thought that was real messed up. She was cheating and he was married and all that other stuff. But the thing that was real messed up about it, they let her be in the Snow, the the Princess Snowman Huntsman situation part two. They didn't let her be in that movie. And I thought that was real messed up. (laughs) You broke up a home, so you can't be a part of this. <laughs> now you can't be a part of this other movie. And I'm like, wow, not 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 y'all taking her coin. Like, um, what I will say is Kristen Stewart, the best thing Kristen Stewart has ever acted in is that one Disney movie she did one time. Oh, when she was younger? Movie. Yeah, and then maybe speak. Speaking of speak, speak was Speak was an amazing lifetime movie. Also, Speak's book was like, yeah 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 i've realized that there are a lot of like random young adult white trauma novels out there Mm -hmm. and it's fascinating because they're so different than like the black ones where it's like you grow up in poverty and teen pregnancy and gun violence whereas white girls it's like anorexia um yeah 
like uh drugs mm -hmm. violence just like go ask alice i read that book and i was mm -hmm. like this book is a lot a lot nah i loved it though i feel like really quickly since we're talking about we were talking about twilight mm -hmm. i have to point out that 50 shades of gray is just twilight fan oh, it's fiction. Twilight fiction? yes exactly and course, once you understand that it's amazing it's whole areas <laughs> but it, the thing is that it's not even subtle it's not no. At all subtle no girl no. she said you know what oregon we're just gonna move one state down she said why not okay like what <laughs> is that like stephanie myers is a mormon yes and which is all like no sex and that's i was gonna say that's why the no sex thing was in there and they waited until what you gonna call it although i remember at 15 reading these and being just so like it was titillating i was like oh my gosh and then at being a grown woman i'm like but also i'm a grown woman who like reads fan fiction mm -hmm. and like contemporary romance that really you know gets into the weeds of the things so of course, I'm not impressed by this anymore. The best part was Bella was so horny the entire time. The whole thing. <laughs> the yearning that Bella had for this sparkly white boy. Whole time. She literally was like, will you please just give it to me now? Like, he's like, no. He's absolutely like, not. No. 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 I could hurt you. And she was just crying over Glitter Dick. But then also, I think... We have to understand that Edward was not 100% wrong in the sense of he could murder her. He could literally murder her. She said, I'm ready to die. Okay. I die for the D. Okay. All right. And she did. She really did. Uh, cackles. But um, oh. what was I going to say? But no, yeah. Oh, the, I watched, I think I watched the first Fifty Shades of Grey and I was like, this is heinous. Also, it was just like very upsetting. Not even yes. the whole BDSM thing was, multiple people said this wrong, but the whole idea that the reason this boy was into BDSM was because his mom's friend abused him. And that was so casual. It was like, yeah, my mom's we friend took me to this. And the thing is, this like, he's like, yeah, I was like 15 or 16. And like, we we did this for like eight years and da, 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 da. And everyone's just like, cool. And then like, I think there could have been a really interesting scene. Not that it would have been productive, but it would have been an interesting scene if they talked more about how when mom found out about it, because mm -hmm. mom didn't know. When the mom found out about it, like that could have been like a conversation. Mm -hmm. It was not, I felt very underwhelmed. But the, the soundtrack, the soundtrack, all three of those soundtracks, quality because that was really just like, white people yeah. angst <laughs> it quality like, it was just like what if we only had sex to the weekend we don't do cops yes. just have sex to the weekend and at the time the weekend was making really fantastic oh, let's have sex music he really was but now it's it's too much because it's so much cocaine music it's so much cocaine music like blatantly it's, it's like cocaine and dead white women if we're being yes. perfectly honest yes yes like i i will like my mom will be like oh this is my like she was listening to uh can't feel my face and she's like yeah she's like this is my song and i'm like mom this is about and she's like what what is it about because my sisters are around i'm like and she's just like really no she looked at the lyrics she was like oh my god and we listened to another song 
He's talking about cutting ivory into skinny pieces. Mom, mom, this is about cocaine. All, like, <laughs> his whole cocaine. his whole discography is about cocaine. I, I feel like in the beginning he had the decency to talk about other things, like the birds. Like you're not. It's like that's not overtly about cocaine, but right now it's blatantly. Yes, it's just. And niggas were like, oh no, he deserves a Grammy for this album. I was like, girl, I don't even remember what this one sounds like. Although I do say his favorite, not his favorite, my favorite of his albums is uh the most recent one? No. no uh Beauty Behind the Madness is my favorite of his work. It's very still coke-ish, but it's still great. It's still great. Yeah. I feel like I, uh, I feel like I don't know, it just gives me the things I need. This new album, I only know two of the songs. Um and those are the two popular songs, the Heartless song and um, the Blinding Lights, which gives me an 80s feel. But my mom, and I don't know if this is 100% correct, but my mom said this is about him getting into a car accident. That's why he's been doing these Band-Aid situations. And I was just yes. like, he's been, this, it's so weird. Like he showed up to one of them award shows with a full, just like. <laughs> like every award show he's been to, he's done that. And I know he talks about, you know, chasing death and all of that he's also like, had car accidents in multiple music videos so maybe he is i don't know i don't i don't i don't know i'm not gonna lie though i think because i became a fan i became a fan with trilogy and then kiss land came out so yeah will always be it for me like i saw him in concert with my friend and it was mm-hmm. amazing it's an amazing time that's the one concert i wish i like i always think of when COVID is over and we're finally good to go, what concerts concert. do I have to see? I know I have to see Miguel in concert. Like I know that's a, a have to see you Miguel. You, you not want to go to Fling? No. <laughs> he was performing. It's a concert is a concert. A concert is a concert, but I feel like like artist specific concerts. I have to see Beyonce before she decides to retire because I'm relatively sure mama's giving us one more album and then she's calling it a good day. I firm, I feel like she, like she's raising bees now. Okay, <laughs> she don't got time for us anymore. <laughs> Why do I feel like I've seen Beyonce more than once? Because you live, oh, you that's a blessed life. Okay, I, I saw her. I saw her at Made in America. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna. Lie, I definitely took that for granted. Yeah. I see the password. I don't remember. I feel like I see Beyonce on accident. Like I've never meant to see Beyonce. <laughs> I feel like that's a concert I need to see. I need to see the weekend. I did say I want to see the weekend. That has to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to see Stevie Wonder before he dies. I feel like that's for the old aunties. Like I don't know. I feel like I would enjoy myself up to a certain point. But I feel like it's like we were we're like reaching young auntie era. So I feel like you could go to you could you know pull a girls trip and have a good time. I've been I've been girl Essence Fest 2020 was on my vision board. Wasn't Mar- was it Mary J. Blige who was supposed to? And I had a, oh, I had a phase where I literally would just sit at the computer and listen to Mary J. Blige and watch some videos. I love Mary J. Blige. She's literally my, like, get up and go song. I don't know if that's what I want to call it, a get up and go song, but my, like, Emma, you got this is just fine. That has been my, you got this, M. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what song I just love so very much? Because I feel like it was the song that solidified that, like, Mary can make it into the, like, 2000s, firmly, mm-hmm. 25-8. Phenomenal. Amazing song. Immaculate. 
absolutely delicious. Also, nothing tops Runaway Love. Honestly, I feel like that ages us because the kids don't understand the, the essence, the, the feelings Runaway Love evoked in us. Hearing the stories of them sad little girls and watching Kiki Palmer be Kiki 11. Palmer. Was she 13 years old? She was a child. Daddy trying to figure why the world is so cold. With I this grown like, man trying to get her pregnant. Like when I tell you, Mary, phenomenal people, they don't understand the, I think they know Mary the actor. They don't know Mary the musician. And that's where the kids are messed up. That's the problem. Even though like Mudbound, did you see Mudbound? I did not, but I heard she was fantastic. Mary was giving you a good piece of acting in Mudbound. Mm-hmm. That was exceptional. Mm-hmm. That was a really good movie. Um, ooh, speaking of, I have made a Christmas list of things to watch. Ooh, do you want to share some of the things on your list? Yes. So I've already watched Jingle Jangle, as we've discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched The Happiest Season. Okay. I have- I made one of my friends watch it and then she's like, you owe me an hour and a half back of my life. (laughs) You're welcome. I told you to watch it because it's bad, but it's also good. Because did I cry? Yes. Was it foolishness? Absolutely. Absolutely. Did it kind of make me have feelings for um, Aubrey Plaza? Yes. There we go. She's fantastic. She's fantastic. When she's giving you sapphic energy, it Mm -hmm. works. Mm -hmm. It really works. Mm-hmm. um so yes i also watched the hot chocolate nutcracker documentary that was very cute but mm-hmm. we want to cry about black ballerinas <laughs> um, i've watched the grinch the 2018 version because i've never seen it before and the tyler creator song on that phenomenal yeah. that that soundtrack had no reason slapping that hard <laughs> um the next thing on my list is rent i've decided to watch rent rent is so great right? that's a good that's a good situation right 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 I have a bunch of others. Of course, we have to do this Christmas. Almost obviously, Christmas. yeah. Best man holiday. Best last- man holiday. The last-, last one. Hmm. The last one. No, last holiday. Uh, the one with Queen Latifah and Ella Cool J. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you roll your eyes? It's like, and that's not a bad. It's not a bad role. It was just like, yeah, like I remember a role. <laughs> I think it's a cute little movie because you know it fits sort of in that whole like I'm gonna do rom coms of the 2010s mm-hmm. with like Paula Patton. What was that one? Just right. Like just you know, right. She's like, you know, she's like, y'all know I'm gay, but I'm still gonna make rom coms. But I'm men. still going to make these rom coms and collect these coins. Also, she's going to be in the Equalizer, the TV show. Is that the the movie franchise where uh, Denzel beats people up? Yes, but now they're making a TV version, and she's the Equalizer. And I'm like, sure, collect your checks, sis. Why would you do that? Why would you? Why would I? Because Denzel's not TV? doing a TV show. <laughs> That's why. Okay. Why do I want to see Queen Latifah beat people up? I don't. Not unless it set it off. Remember when Issa Rae was supposed to do a, a set it off? A remake? set it off remake. Yes. I don't think you need to remake that movie. Absolutely let's not. let's leave it alone. It's too great of a movie for you to try to remake. Perfect. Perfect. Um, uh, just a few more. I absolutely will be watching The Preacher's Wife because that is an exceptional film. Who does not love Whitney Houston? Whitney Houston. And Courtney B. Vance. Like, come on now. Classic. Beautiful. And Denzel Washington as an angel here to both save and wreck a home. Make it that make sense. That was amazing. Phenomenal. Um, I also just, just because someone was talking um, on Twitter about like, they were like, it was one of those scandal 
fan Twitters and they were like the Christmas we wanted and it was like her singing Joy to the World and like a picture of them with like Christmas shit on and it's like the, the Christmas episode we got and it was the Christmas we got and it was the Christmas episode of Scandal and I was like that is an exceptional episode so mm-hmm. that is also on my list because yeah. nothing beats Miss Millicent Melodious Big Booty Grant filibuster filibuster episode was phenomenal yes I'm mad that that's her name for you like I'm mad that that's what you named her but okay yes, her name is Mel- Melody Millicent Mag Daddy Grant I don't know I used to call Susan B. Ross Susan B. Big Band Ross you did no yes you did I remember that specifically yes. <laughs> I love me a Susan B. Big Band like I love her so much so yes that's basically my list I have other things on there but that's the gist of the list do you have any uh, suggestions? I don't know if I have suggestions. I mean, around this time, sometimes, I mean, but these are very white films. I'm not even going to fraud. I will I, I'll watch, white ones on here. I will watch, uh, um, what is that one with Nicole Kidman? Is it Nicole Kidman one? She sings in it. She, what? <sighs> Hold on. What? Can she sing? um no but it's passable because you know she's about to be in this musical that's coming out her and the rest i'm 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 nervous because meryl can't really sing we just gave her mama mia and that's why i'm saying i'm nervous like that's that's what i mean by nicole kipman singing nicole kipman cannot sing in the sense of it's great but it's movie passable the same way reese witherspoon in that movie with the horse singing it was passable. What movie with the horse? The movie with it was like mid two thousand tens. You were singing with a horse. She wasn't singing with a horse. It was a horse in the movie. <laughs> I have no context for what this movie is. She was was it like Spirited Away? Like no, what was that? No, not Spirited. The support Spirit. You remember there was a horse movie about a horse named Spirit. That's the you only. You got one. me looking at this girl IMDb page. Hold on, because there was a movie she was singing, and I was like, "Oh, this isn't terrible, but this is I'm... definitely not great." It wasn't I'm... Walk the Line, was it? Walk the Line? No, it might have been. Her. Oh wait, Mama is booked and busy. What do you mean? Mama is booked. I'm on her IMDb page, and I'm just like, "Oh, you know, I'm on Wikipedia. I just see the Northman. She got more coming out." She's producing so much in this like time. She's Ooh. apparently producing Tinkerbell. Side note, you know how I'm about to go with this. Yara is Tinkerbell. Honestly, I think that's perfectly cast. <laughs> so Tinkerbell can't act? Is that what we're saying? <laughs> Tinkerbell don't speak. What lines did Tinkerbell have? I'll all have Tinkerbell speak in this. So all Tinkerbell did was shake her ass and be a bitch. Ah! She loved them white boys. She said, you She's love also me. going to be in Tinkerbell? What is she playing in Tinkerbell? Mama Tinkerbell. Reese, what are you doing, mama? I'm here for you. Oh, wait, Reese is in Tinkerbell? Why? Reese is also in Tinkerbell. She's also producing Tinkerbell. She's in Wishlist. She's going to be in Legally Blonde 3, Sing 2. Mama is booked and busy. You're making a Sing 2? I did Oh, like she sing. was also in Sing, yeah. So she also was singing in that. But like... There was this movie where she was singing and people were like, oh my God, mama got the chops. And I'm like, no, this is passable because it's passable. Wild. It might be wild. I'm thinking of wild, I think. What is wild? Where she was like lost in the, it was basically her 
uh what was that james franco movie when he was stuck in a rock oh when oh yes i did i it's that was it's, when she was trying to make a comeback as a serious actress yes because, you know she had that period in the, uh, the mid-2000s where she was making anything like i feel Everything. like post-legally blonde, post-legally blonde she was like i, I could be a regular regular actress and it's like no baby don't do that like it worked that's what we wanted but then we forgot that she could actually act I think I'm thinking of singing. I'm, I'm thinking of Walk the Line, but for some reason, you for some reason, I'm conflating it with Wild. But I am. I remember her singing out and and Walk the Line, and people thought like Mama got the chops, and I was like, Mama does not. But this is passable. Okay, um, how did we get here? We're talking about Nicole Kidman because I want you to watch that uh, Moulin Rouge. There we go. I want you to see that. I don't know what's on. It's not a Christmas movie per se, but I love watching it around Christmas time. Okay, that works because Rent isn't inherently a Christmas movie. Right. Yeah, Nicole Kidman can't sing either. That's how we got there. (laughs) It's on HBO and it's on HBO Max and Hulu. Also, I'm actually very, I, I figured out, I figured out how to get HBO Max so I'm still annoyed at this HBO wanting to basically push you into a whole different version of their thing mm-hmm. while not giving full access to it but you know it is what it is but yeah um I was genuinely confused when it, when it first came out I literally waited a few months to get it because I didn't know I was already paying for HBO through like Amazon and I was I mm-hmm. thought that I could automatically get HBO Max but that wasn't the case because they didn't want it to go through Amazon and then I was just like, oh, well, am I going to still have access to my weekly things? And I just mm-hmm. didn't know. And then I was like, you know, let's just take, you know, take the leap. And then I found out through Lovecraft County, our country, that I was able to watch things when it comes out. So I was like, okay, cool. Because it's really just HBO, but with other people's things. I don't know why they didn't yes. just expand HBO rather than just rebrand in this weird way. And I feel like what they're probably going to do is start phasing it, the other old one out. But yes. like, but you have to then figure how do you do that for the people who have the regular HBO. Exactly. Exactly. Because right now my little Roku TV don't have that. So mm-hmm. you figure that out. If you have Sam's, if you have a Samsung TV, because at the time that's what we had. Now we have a Sony TV. But Samsung, they didn't they didn't have the app. So it was just like, what was I supposed to do with that? But then when we made the switch to the other TV, it was like, okay, we could just put it on there. Mm. Um I don't know. Uh, I'm... <laughs> Jabuki get on my nerves. What did Jabuki say? Imagine going to your white partner's family for holiday dinner thinking you have COVID because you can't taste the food. <laughs> I can't see him. I can't. I cannot. What was I going to say? Um, I saw a TikTok where this girl was trying some Starbucks drink, right? Mm-hmm. Um, And she went to go taste it. She's like, it doesn't taste like anything. <laughs> Uh-oh. And that's what she realized. She had COVID. She had COVID? Yikes. That's why I said, uh-oh. And, oh my God, it was amazing. Because she got her little test results and everything. But um, best part was people then started duetting her and telling her what the drink tastes like. <laughs> like, baby, it's supposed to taste like this. They're like, we know you can't taste it, but here's what it tastes like. It tastes like heaven in a cup. Sorry that you can't taste it. That you don't know what this is like. But that was that was hilarious to me. Oh, yeah. 
Mm-mm. Oh, something else I wanted to kind of talk about. Wait, do you have something you want to talk about before I bring this up? I was going to bring up something you had mentioned earlier, but I wonder if we're on the same wavelength. I don't think we are. Go ahead. No, go. No, I was going to bring up something new. No, go for it. I was going to talk about the Spotify rap. Ooh, yes. Let's talk about Spotify rap. Um, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Why? You know how you know for a fact. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of my artist specifically. You know how you know for a fact that while you're making this decision, you know what the outcome is going to be, but you still do it anyway. Yes. So my top artist, wait, guess my top artist. Honestly, I was going to say like Hamilton cast. It was, it was. And it made me very uncomfortable because I was just like, I listened to so many great things this year. Apparently I was in their top 2% of listeners, which made me equally as sad. I've listened to Satisfied, which was their top song for Hamilton or whatever over 1,400 some odd minutes. So (laughs) it's a long song though, I'm gonna say. Yes? It's a long song, but it's also a fantastic song. Okay, Renee did what she needed to do. So I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, you know, around, around, I wanna say September, August, I knew for a fact I needed to start changing my music. I still didn't change because I was like, I got to start actively offsetting Mm -hmm. this Hamilton situation. Mm -hmm. And I did not. So now I look like a clown. Uh, (laughs) And it is what it is. Thankfully, my top songs weren't Hamilton related. So that's nice. That's good. (laughs) Um, I think sort of something to your point that was like my sort of issue was mine is that Spotify doesn't give you sort of the breadth of like your listening experience. It's giving you depth because I feel like I went through so many different like musical phases this year. Mm-hmm. It's just my longest and deepest was gospel music and yeah. like Christian music. So it was like, girl, your top artist is the soul service choir, Kanye West choir. And I was like, that doesn't feel right. <laughs> you said that is not it. what it is right now. Like if you had said PJ Morton, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Right but he was my number two but like that was it was just like so interesting especially because like I started the year making what I believe is one of my best playlists I made quite a few playlists this year but I made a playlist of all the music from tv shows and movies that I really like mm-hmm. that was such a good playlist I was gonna say it's probably like top tier right I'm gonna share it with you but Please. like and so like then some of those songs then made it onto my like you know playlist for the year right that they made. but it's also like but it was like, it was a few, there was like a week or so, a couple weeks ago that I was just like really into jazz mm-hmm. and like now I'm, and like movie soundtracks, you know, now I'm doing the whole Christmas thing, but I'm also doing, what was I doing recently? I don't know. Like, yeah, it's just very interesting because like I listen to the playlist and it's all just this sort of one thing. Right. Like, pieces. like it's mostly gospel music. And then I also have The Box and Ballin' by Roddy Rich on there. Like, how does that make sense? That's hilarious. I feel like, like, I'm looking at my top songs and, like, the top one was Home With You, FKA Twigs, which makes a lot of sense if I'm being 100% honest because around pandemic time hit, mm-hmm. I was listening to that album faithfully, right? Like, that makes sense. My number two is No Surprise, it's WAP. Um, I just love the song, period. Like, I don't understand. Um... I don't know. I feel like the top five makes sense for me because the other three are Savage Remix, uh, Watermelon Sugar, and Do It. 
And I'm just like, what does this say about Emma Ariel Blackson? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not a single one of my top five songs is secular. <laughs> that's, what that's also the other reason why I was genuinely confused how they like compile this data. Because if you're telling me I listened to over a thousand minutes of Satisfied, wouldn't you think that Satisfied, I don't know, would be in the top five? It's number... Oh, well, it's number seven. Never mind. That's not too far off. <laughs> it's number seven. <laughs> yeah. It's not wow. too far off. <laughs> the part that, you know, the part though that was was wild to me is like, so my, my top, all of my top artists, all of my top songs are gospel, or Christian music, gospel music. Mm-hmm. But my number one genre is alternative R&B. And number two is dance hall. You don't even <laughs> get to Christian music till three, which is Christian pop. Then you go pop, then you go gospel interesting you know i live in alternative r&b neo soul but then you didn't give me any of that on the rest of the list yeah that's what i'm saying like some of this is odd i feel like yeah this is odd that's odd we talk about the number of genres you discovered versus the many lists to my girl there are not that many genres this is it's like a hundred and something i was like now baby (laughs) they have like two over 2,000 genres on Spotify. I'm like, y'all are just making things up. Y'all are totally making things up. Because like my my top five genres were pop, rap, neo-soul, show tunes, and I'm missing one, but I don't really remember what the other one was. And I'm like, I just don't. I mean, I know I listen to a lot of pop music, but I feel like, truthfully, I listen to much more rap music than I do pop music. And I feel like you might be categorizing some of it as... Mm-hmm. pop music and then urban contemporary i'm like girl something like what is urban contemporary please tell me because i thought that was just a, a genre the grammys made up so they didn't have to give black people things. black people things i think urban contemporary wouldn't it be kind of like a like a like a black pop if that makes I sense think black, i think it's black r&b which is redundant but you know that's redundant because because black people are r&b yes right they wanted to give white people r&b grammys Oh, when, did you see the fit that Justin Bieber had? Oh, because he wasn't, oh, because his music is R&B? It wasn't R&B. He thought he, they said, they told him he made a pop album. He was like, we sat down, you could hear the trap drums. And I'm like, whoa, buddy. My favorite was, I think someone went on a, like, went and played every song, like, in a video so you could hear it. And was like, no, that's not This is a pop. This is a pop. And it was a bad album, but that's not, you should be thankful you want, you are nominated for a Grammy. Honestly, though, I do like the little songs with Chance. That's it. That's really it. Those are cute. Right? But the album. <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't listen to that. Once but, I heard this, the 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 single "Yummy," I knew what I was not going to listen to. Yummy. What, what's really wild is that like "Yummy" is low key about how LA Reed sex trafficked him. So, yep. If you watch the video, I, I got into this weird conspiracy corner of TikTok one time and they were talking about how like Justin Bieber was like in the Yummy video talks about basically being sex trafficked by L.A. Reid and how then he was on an Instagram live and they, they, they were like, if that's what the song is about, like touch your hat and he touched his hat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you Okay. I just don't understand it. Like, I don't. I don't. I don't want to do this. Like, I don't. I don't. You don't have the bandwidth for that? I don't. That's the thing. I genuinely do not. Like, I genuinely do not. I'm so confused. It's okay, girl. If you don't want to go there, don't go down that rabbit hole. Because I really only went there for a night. I was like, you know what? I'm good. 
<laughs> I'm good. Lord. Everyone is think that hard about it, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, how do you feel like Okay, so this isn't a question that I fully formed, but thinking, projecting, if you could, to 2021, it's this time 2021, your Spotify wrapped is coming out again. What, What are your genres or what do you think, what kind of music will be in that top, whatever? Um, I love, cause I feel like that's a perfect segue to what I was going to bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so let me, let's answer this question and then we can transition skirt, skirt. on it. Mm-hmm. honestly I, I don't think it'll change I I'm very curious to sort of see what my top is but I feel like especially genre wise mm-hmm. I don't see the genre changing yeah um but it was also like it's very interesting because I feel like ever so often there are these artists that really sp- speak to the experience that I'm having and sort of like what I need in that moment like there was a period of time where like chronic was my number one artist like that was my heart and soul like that's what I needed in my life mm-hmm. and he was my number one and so I feel like right now that's what PJ Morton is for me. Yeah. And so I'm sort of curious to see who that will be next year. I feel like as much as I love quote unquote mainstream music, that's not who I am. Like I'm mm-hmm. not a radio pop girl because at my core, the things that will always remain the same are like neo soul, like, you know, auntie vibes, like Lauren and Erica, but then also right. that, like, that like intense in your bag music, like Moses Sumney and FK Twigs. Cause that's right. the thing. I did spend a good 30, 40 minutes last night listening to Moses Sumney and scrolling through Tumblr. And Tumblr still flaps. Cackles. Yes, what about you? Um, I think, so to preface, in 2019, my top album and artist and songs for the most part were James Blake's uh, Assume Form album, which still is one of my favorite albums, period. Um... So it wasn't that much of a leap to me that like FK would okay. be in that top, right? Yeah. So I, yeah. I imagine that same genre, whatever genre you would categorize that as. I actually don't know what that. Don't know. Yeah, exactly. That's the same. It's yeah. a it's a category for sure because they make similar esque music, but I don't know yeah. what the category would be, right? Whatever and that. Closure, I feel like. What is it? I said also Hozier, I feel like also belongs yes, in that category. Yes, yes. So like, I feel like yeah. that it, it will, whoever will make an album like that at the beginning of 2021, that's who will probably be in my top. Um, but I think I'm also in the space to acknowledge and I don't even know what to say about this, but embrace love, if that makes sense. So like mm-hmm. all types of love. So I imagine whoever makes like a really beautiful kind of love album, kind of like a student form was a little bit mm-hmm. that will capture me as well. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of how I would want to be loved, how I perceive love, how I give love X, Y, and Z. And I felt like a student form really did that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I might listen to a student form later, but <laughs> you're making me want to listen to it. It was a really beautiful, I feel like if you want, to start off with something i would listen to assume form itself the song but then i will listen to mile high or are you in love or power on those are my top four that i would choose from that particular album to listen to um but yeah he just basically wrote this really really beautiful album to jamila jamila i was like okay go off sis 
Oh, yes, I forgot that that was who this album was about. Mm-hmm. The whole thing. The whole thing. And now they have but, a dog, so maybe the next album will feature the dog. I don't know. Didn't Hosher also make an album about four black girls? Did, did, was that? Yes. The Googles. <laughs> Hold on. Because the song, because the album itself was like literally named, was named after various people that the album was for. What's the name of that? Because why did I think the Wasteland was- Baby album? Yes. Uh, guess who will be putting it on their Spotify? Because <laughs> I didn't listen to that one as much, but I did. Yeah, like it's like I think it's most it's Loki about like black music, but um, yeah. I mean, there's a song called Nina Cried Power. Exactly. So, yeah. And that's... another song called Movement. Okay. Maybe, you know what? Baby, let's add this <laughs> right now. Yes, yes. Um, but what was I going to say? Uh, sort of then to segue, because something I've mm-hmm. been thinking about, you were talking about 2021. Mm-hmm. And I saw this tweet. I wanted to do a little bit more research, but. I saw this tweet that was talking about like us imagining life after the vaccine, but Mm -hmm. also 2021 as speculative fiction. And I wanted to look more into this idea of speculative fiction, but I really like that idea of sort of like, what are we thinking about? And I was thinking this is how we could wrap up because this was sort of the question Mm -hmm. that I was going to ask sort of as our question of the day. Um, And it was, they were talking about it in pleasure activists, but sort of like, what is it that you're creating? So sort of what is it that you are creating for 2021? Okay, just for the year? Yeah, for yourself. Yeah. Okay, so I will look at it at two ways. So I will, if I could, break the year in half. From January to June, I really, really want to focus on loving myself and my insecurities better. And I will be honest, you have been one of the people who have helped me to understand that. I think in general, I'm a very confident human being, but that doesn't mean that my insecurities don't be shining bright, right? So through conversation with you, through conversation with like my family and some of my other friends, I've realized that I don't have a lot of, and it's weird because I do have faith in my abilities, but I don't always trust that faith, right? I don't feel secure on shaky ground. So I felt like I want to up myself and like love myself and my insecurities a lot more than I currently do. I want to take care of myself and build the foundation of Emma because next year I'll be 26, right? And I'm getting closer to 30, like I'm getting closer to 30 and I'm just very confused by that notion as well. Um, But I, I want that first half to really be focused on building a solid foundation before moving into that next half because I feel like from July until next December, I will go through a very different process, something that I've never done before, right? And I, I mean, uh, doctoral school, but like, I I wanna be prepared for that. And I don't want, like from all the horror stories that I've heard from other people, from other academics about being black in this space that's not made for you, right? And trying to pursue and do black work, like it can change you, right? And I don't, I like who I am. So I don't really want to change that. So I want to build that first half of really being the foundation of Emma, understanding me to a core. So that way it doesn't shake the next half. And then the next half, I really want to understand the idea of collaboration. 
I think that's like the theme. And I mean, collaboration overall. I mean, friendships, partnerships, like working collaboration. Like I want all of that. I want to really understand and understand who I am in that. Because sometimes I realize I can sometimes dim my light and that's not cool, right? In the same sense, I don't really love to work with other people people on specific things because mm. like I feel like I need you and I don't like needing people mm. right because that opens up for like vulnerability and like oh that's an intimacy conversation and like no surprise here I don't have great intimacy skills right um but yeah I feel like that's how I would look at it boom shakalaka what about you I love that thank um, you friend so something I've been thinking a lot about is like I am currently living the impossible. You talked a little bit about it, yeah. Yeah, up until about like six months ago, I did not believe that the life I'm currently living, it was possible. Mm -hmm. And I think so then it was sort of like, sort of like what I was talking about earlier, it was like once I reached here, like, Mm -hmm. like, and it's like, it's only been what, like two, three days, but it still hasn't settled in that I have actually achieved my first grown-up adult full-time job. They can't see, but I'm dancing for you at... Like, I have a full-time job. Like, in my mind, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, no, they're going to type that away. Or that's not really real. And, mm-hmm. like, once it starts, I'm sure it'll hit. But, like, I, I for maybe, like, the past 10 years of my life, did not believe this to be a possible real outcome of my life. Right. Once I sort of opened myself up and allowed myself to receive it, it was sort mm-hmm. of like, now anything sort of, like, now everything I've once thought impossible is possible and will happen in a way. Absolutely. Um, and so, uh, so, like, I'm trying to figure out how, because there's a couple things I want to talk about, but, like, mm-hmm. for 2021, sort of this idea of what it is I'm creating for myself is, I believe 2021 is a, like, similar to you, a sort of a year of foundation. Mm-hmm. I, but also, I see the next three years of my life as sort of me sort of really building myself as an adult mm-hmm. so sort of who is this adult version of myself sort of personally mm-hmm. before I then make another sort of professional leap now that I've sort of finally really genuinely made that transition out of being a student mm-hmm. yes now I just want to spend the next three years of my life becoming an adult in a way like I'm an adult but you know what I mean like I know what you mean trappings of life um I get that wholeheartedly yeah so with that I'm currently deciding I am open and willing to receive love mm-hmm. not out of sort of like a need or like a want really but sort of just being like because and I've talked about this before the sort of framework I had of learning what it meant to feed myself but also feed others but also have God feed me and how like these past year two years have really been figuring out how do I feed myself how does God feed me mm-hmm. and vice versa and like that thing that I really want to work on is like being in sort of to your point of collaboration being in relationship with others mm-hmm. and like I feel like I've done a really good job of that with friends but now I definitely see that yeah then even pursuing it in a romantic sense and so part of me is like I don't know how to do that but also understanding that my number one thing that I do know I need to work on is patience mm-hmm. like I've always had this instinct of like because I want something I want it now and therefore I want to like just have those feelings right now and it's like that's not how this is gonna work but also even like with the limitations of what it is, it's sort of like, if I am going to try and do this via online dating, like how do I make sure I don't lose my intention within it? That's and real. And it just becomes mindless scrolling, swiping, what have you. 
So I re-downloaded Hinge. I re-downloaded Bumble. I don't like Bumble because right now they're only showing me white people. Well, I mean, you got to get the algorithm, you know? Yeah, so I'm working on that, but it's exhausting because I'm like, no, no. Um, but yeah, so there's that. And so, yeah, and so for the next three years or so, you know, I want to manifest it. I'm putting it into the universe. I want to get married, maybe. See, that's the thing. Is I still don't know if I want to get married, but like if-, if I understand that. Yes. But if that is the plan of how I get to my life, I want, sure. Mm-hmm. I want to have my first child. Um, I want to, you know, sort of then explore this idea of like what it would mean for me to be a birth worker and work in that space sort of mm-hmm. as sort of like in that way, unless like more hands-on direct service type versus, mm-hmm. you know, my current sort of education route. Mm-hmm. And then I want to then go on to pursue my, uh, you know, my further education. Like I want to go back to school and like finish yeah. And, and and what's wild is like I already know like in my mind what my dissertation looks like. Uh, <laughs> I know how I want it to look, what I want it, what I want the end product to be. I have a, I started so every time I shower now, I've started practicing my elevator pitch, uh, for mm-hmm. when I pitch my work to Simpson Street Productions. Yes, and I'm very excited to do that. I'm um, very excited for you as well. This sounds awesome. <laughs> Yes, and it's wild because it's like, here I am sitting on this idea for three years. But it also feels, it feels like every time I have to do sort of like a capstone project, each time it gets better and easier because like my undergrad capstone was garbage. But that was because I was just not in a place to actually to, do it well. Right. I just had to finish it. And then my grad one, I was like, this is good. It's a good approximation of what I want to do, but it's not where I want to end. Right. And so now, because I have all this time to really think about what it is I want to create and accomplish, I feel like my now will be exceptional. Take it to the next level. Right. Also, from sort of like to your point about those sort of horror stories of PhDs, I realized that it's like, oh, PhD is going to be just like undergrad for me. So <laughs> that'll be fun. And yeah. I think that's interesting that how you're setting up, like you said, that foundation, but setting it up for a more long-term you, if that makes sense. Because like when I think about 2021 for me, I don't know if I look at it in the long grand scheme of things. Like for me, I'm like, I need to get through 2021. And maybe, maybe for me, that first six months is that looking at 2021 but maybe the last six months is like building that throughout um something that you mentioned that I also want to like quickly bring up I don't know if I want to get married I think I've told you this before I don't necessarily know if I 100% can get behind the institution of marriage but I could get behind the institution of me and another person if that makes sense so like I'm not against marriage by any means but I also don't think I would like actively pursue that um but I will say, and I had like my pattern app this morning, like caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, you got to stop. Basically, you got to stop denying the fact that you do want partnership. Right. And I think I do sometimes walk around being like, nah, like I'm single to the end of the days, baby. Da, 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 da. But in real life, like I very much value partnership. I really do. And I think a genuine partnership where I'm encouraged to be my full authentic self but mm-hmm. also am told when I need to kind of pull it together. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. you had a very, one part of our friendship that I really admired or, or a memory that I now have um, was actually a, like this week. And 
you did it in a very loving way but you basically told me to get my imposter syndrome cracked together right and it was in a very loving way but it's once again just another reminder of why you're such a great friend and a great human but like I need that in a partnership I need someone to be like okay um so listen <laughs> love you to bits but you gotta stop this this is not okay stop doubting who you are right mm-hmm. um and yeah, like I, I need to acknowledge the fact of I do want partnership, but I don't need that to become my world, if that makes sense. Because a few years ago, that was my world. I was determined. I, I was literally going to have a partnership. It was That was it. But mm-hmm. now it's just like understanding like that is a big part of what I want in life, mm-hmm. but it's not the only part. And it's not, it doesn't make me who I am, right? Because I'm a whole bunch of, one thing I'm going through with therapy is like understanding the different layers of Emma, right? Uh-huh. And like peeling back those layers. So for a very long time, I thought I was just smart and kept it kind of pushing. And now I understand like, I'm kind of funny. Like, and I'm being honest when I say this, I'm genuinely a funny human being. Yeah. I think once you understand my humor, it's now like, oh my gosh, it's funny. No, yes, that was never a question for me. See, but it was a question for me, you know what I mean? And then like just understanding other layers of Emma, I, I'm trying to, to understand like not be hard on myself that I'm not the compassionate because I'm compassionate but like not in a very like in your face kind of way you know what I mean like I'm not gonna run and I said this sounds so bad but I'm not gonna run to a child that just fell like I'm gonna just be like oh that's crazy come on bud right like <laughs> I'm not about to go and like hug you but I'm like you got it little bud right uh-huh. but and and stop trying to make myself seem like I'm not compassionate because I wouldn't go run up and hug a child but like just understanding and peeling back all of these different layers of me and who I want to be and I was explaining to my therapist that and once again it was through a conversation with you actually I am perceived the way I want to be perceived but I don't believe I'm perceived that way if that makes sense like I don't think it I don't Uh think that that there's some like disjoint in reality thing happening uh-huh. where I think the person that I'm presenting to the world and that I genuinely believe that I am is the person I want to be, but I don't believe it. If that makes any sense whatsoever. Put it to our conversation where I was talking about like belief who people say you are. Yes. Where you put that disconnect of like the person you believe you're, you want yourself to be is the person people see you as, but it's not exactly the you believe yourself to be perceived as. Chef's kiss, you did it. <laughs> I don't know if our listeners understood that, but I, right. um, but yes, I think, uh, just a couple of your points. I think sort of my, my thing is sort of the opposite of yours in which I don't desire partnership, but I mm-hmm. do, I do value it. Cause sort of to your point, mm-hmm. I think we, especially as women, as black women have constantly been taught that to be desired and to be sought at and to be partnered is like sort of the ultimate angle it's like right what that is where the story ends that is the that is yes you've accomplished something is to know that you are desired and to be desired and I think for me especially as someone who spent a long time not being desired it was like the less I was the more I needed it Mm -hmm. and so and so it was like that is then what value is and so once I really also I think going to once I got to college I realized that like because I'd spent so much of my like life alone I was like oh I can no longer be alone I don't know how to find like there used to be a point where I would be with a group of people I would leave the people and I would immediately get sad oh wow Um, yeah yeah just because I think the extrovert in me was just so 
overtly satisfied that it then took it to an extreme. Like I literally could not be alone. And so then me being me, I overcompensated and I sort of went back to like being like, well, now I'm going to just be by myself again right? Um, and just disappear. And so I think I finally reached this point where I was like, no, I can enjoy company, but I also enjoy being by myself. And so with that, it's sort of like, I, I, I see value in partnership because I do believe, like I've said before, that I do a better job of loving myself and loving another person, mm-hmm. which is inherently, I think the reason why I seek partnership, but it's mm-hmm. also like, I know that regardless, I, I will be fine. I also, mm-hmm. I think also part of it is the fact that even though I don't seek partnership, I do seek parenthood. And yes. I understand that is something that like can be done alone and it's very fulfilling done by itself, but also can also be just as fulfilling and also somewhat material wise easier right. with another person. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's still something I'm figuring out, but what am I going to say? Sort of, I guess, what am I working on about myself that I'm, I don't know. I feel like I feel really good. Like I feel really solid, especially because like, and I've talked about this a little bit on Instagram, like this past week, because for the past couple weeks, I've been in like a really good place and I've been like mental mm-hmm. health, but I've been chilling. I was doing great. And then like the holiday season hit and it was like the first time in a while that I had, had sort of like a low point. Mm-hmm. And just seeing sort of how I then navigated my way out of it just felt so different because my, like, before I'd be like, oh, I'm sad. I'm just going to wallow in the sadness. But then making the very conscious choice to then surround myself with people and like, all right, I'm going to give myself a minute to be sad. But while I'm being sad, I'm going to eat because, you know, there's mm-hmm. like, I'm so sad. I'm not I, I can't do it. Right. And so just sort of like allowing myself to seek pleasure while also still like making room for like my low moments really just demonstrated how far I've come in terms of how I want to take care of myself and I don't know I feel really good I absolutely love that because I will say I have noticed just like you've been on a high if that makes sense but like a like a like a sustainable high Mm -hmm. is that that makes sense I feel like but that's really beautiful and I'm really happy to see that for you thank you um just like one last piece um sort of to your point about sustainability and sort of where we then find peace I think that's really what this year of my life has been about is like what is a sustainable way to live my life in which I will be okay and the thing was was like watching euphoria last night was actually really hard for me because it was talking about what it means to sort of seek out peace or whatever Mm -hmm. in sort of this external sense space particularly when it comes to drugs and that idea of like why do people use drugs what does drugs do if you did it into that and full transparency like using marijuana at one point in my life felt like an answer it felt like Mm -hmm. it was able to do all the things I could not do for myself Mm -hmm. and the problem was was I could see myself going down a hole where it was like even if this thing doesn't doesn't work at the same time, I have lost so much faith in my own ability to care for myself, pull myself to wherever that I then have to then give my energy and power to something else. Right. And that inherently isn't sustainable. And yeah. I knew that like, if I was ever going to fully succeed and make it in this world, I had to figure out how was I going to sustain myself? 
And I think that really then came in the form of figuring out like, how do I care for myself? How do I feed myself? How do I, you know, exercise, do whatever, live my life, but also how do I have faith in something that genuinely is sustainable? And for me, that thing being God. Mm -hmm. And I think now seeing where I am, I was so especially moved because I was thinking just like how willing I was to sort of give up on myself right and like what it now means to see what I am capable of and am achieving and will continue to achieve on this path that was really beautiful one thing I've always said about you and I've told you this before but like you have this innate ability to say something very profound in a deeply personal way Uh that I feel like I'm going through the emotion with you does that make sense that makes sense I think yeah wow that's deep bro yeah no it is it's it's real but I think that also lends to one of my favorite things about you is your authenticity and understanding yourself like I feel like that's probably where that comes from a little bit I really appreciate that yeah bro I feel really good like I feel like I don't know I feel like this the roaring 20s is real I feel like the roaring 20s are roaring 20s because I think I think this the start of this decade has just been indicative that something truly important is mm-hmm. happening. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, 2020 started off with us almost going into war. So, you know, Yikes. we should have a recap episode at the end, like at the end of the year, mm-hmm. just recapping everything. Screaming. Are we doing a musings unwrapped? Yes. <laughs> yes absolutely love it yes oh man also i can't let this podcast end without acknowledging this is our 10th episode period it feels like we've been doing this so much longer (laughs) which set you got i said um, i said uh, i feel like it feels like we've been doing this so much longer yes but that's also because we took an entire month off we took an entire month off but 10 episodes in baby period 10 Five plus five gives you ten, okay? One plus one equals two. <laughs> Times five equals ten. Period. Oh. Uh, I feel like I want to leave us with, like with one last deep question. Okay. Ooh, okay. Oh, mm-hmm. sort of to your similar to your Spotify wrapped. Uh, mm-hmm. It's December 6, twenty twenty one. Ooh. Who are you, and what are you doing? <laughs> okay I am Emma Blackson I am I have just finished up my final no my first semester as a doctoral student period I kicked butt but was also extremely tired right because I'm not going to deny that but I did not lose sight of who I am fundamentally as a person even if I felt it was getting a little shaky at times Um, I am one step closer to the woman I want to be and I maintain I maintain these beautiful friendships that I have but in the same sense add additional ones to them and always 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 practice gratitude in having those friendships because I do understand that I am sustained by not only my family but the beautiful humans in my life so that's 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 that 
Also, if a man shows up, I will not be upset. But if he doesn't show up, I will also not be upset. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. Thank you, friend. What about you? Um, well, you know, like my mother said, uh, my future spouse is coming before my next birthday. So there's that. But there's um, that. Okay, December 6, 2021. Who am I? I honestly I am more myself. I am confident. I am the life that I am supposed to be living. Because I feel like, you know, I think, you know me, I'm big on seasons. And I think there are sort of like many seasons or, you know how sometimes you're like, oh, your life is a TV show. And then each year is like a season, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, maybe my life is an anthology. And each, each, <laughs> there's like series with seasons within them. Right. So we're in moving into a different part of the anthology. This is a new story. Okay. Um, I, I like be- that though. Yeah. <laughs> I say that to say I want to sort of be comfortable in this new time in my life because mm-hmm. I feel like this past year has really been about me letting go of a, a time in my life that felt so profound that was so important and like now I'm sort of stepping into this new one and it's uncomfortable and it's kind of awkward and I'm like I'm not really sure what's going to come with it mm-hmm. so that's really what it is I want to really be comfortable and settled into and at peace with whoever I'm supposed to be and whoever I'm supposed to be becoming mm-hmm. in this time you know, because I've been doing all this unbecoming. So now mm-hmm. we're going to be doing more becoming. And what am I doing? It is December 6th. I have made some of that Trader Joe's hot chocolate, you know, the little chocolate bars. Yes. It's cute. I've been making those. I'm, I've made some oat milk hot chocolate. Okay. Clever. Go and off oat milk. All right. And we are about to go watch a movie in my living room. That's- or something. Yes. On the, on the projector. Yeah. That's actually really beautiful. I feel like that's really, really beautiful. My actual item, as if it is December 6, 2021, I would be on a flight home, coming home. Oh, my family. I like that. I, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to see my mommy and my sisters. I love it. We should like do a thing where we re listen to this episode in a year. That would be the cutest. I'm very bad at those things, you know, like you were supposed to like write things down throughout the year and then you read them. I always like the idea of them and never do them, but I like that this exists and will exist. Right. I feel like my little tradition on New Year's Day is to start off with a song that I want to define the rest of the year. Ooh. Um, 2020 song. This is the new year. Hmm. And um, it was the new year. (laughs) It was definitely new. It was new. Um, Yes. I feel like this year... I've decided it's going to be Holy by Jamila Woods. So, yeah, because like, you know, I'm not lonely. I am just alone, right? Like that's that's really what it comes down to. Uh, I'm not technically lonely. I'm really just alone. And I'm okay with that for right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I am learning a lot about myself in this time period, especially given the fact of in... Um, Someone had to remind me that I spent six months entertaining someone I definitely did. And I think that was the breaking point for me as well, that I spent six months entertaining a human that I genuinely did not see anything with. And that was real. Like, it made me take a step back and look at myself a little differently. Mm. Um, and not in a, like, super positive way either, right? Because mm. I felt like I was kind of wasting time, right? Yeah. And I don't want to waste my time or anyone else's. I definitely don't want to waste anyone else's time. Yeah. Um, huh I said you were pulling a Shonda I was pulling a Shonda and that wasn't cool 
And yeah. And I it, it made me want to understand what I want from dating. Mm. Right. So I definitely learned a lot about myself, but I didn't want that to come at the expense of another human. That's real. Yeah. I like that. I mean, so I have to decide what then I want to imbue 2021 with, but mm. this, felt, this felt like a really beautiful moment in manifestation. I've mm-hmm. been told I have, you know, I have that skill, that manifestation skill. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I manifested myself my job, but, and that's always a good feeling. So we'll see. <laughs> what we can be with but yeah uh thank you for you know taking this time to talk to me while i crochet this blanket i'm very excited to see said blanket i'm very excited for the blanket that is going to come you also got through a lot while we were talking i realized that i had like zoned out of this task after a while Mm because i completely forgot that i was doing it but meanwhile i'm sitting here watching you i'm like okay Okay, I see what's happening. <laughs> I see what's happening. I really hit a rhythm with this. And I am doing really well. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. It'll be done in like a few days. Um, That's so really beautiful. Progress reports. Um, but yes, uh, on that note, um, Fergalicious, Definitious, make the boys go crazy. Uh, you know, we got to start with Black Eyed Peas, end with them. But yeah, uh, stay blessed, stay black, my friends. Okay. happy holiday season um i pray your 2021 brings you all the nice new things i'm sure we're going to have another episode before the year's out <laughs> <laughs> 2021 so i'm just i'm i'm manifesting it for the people okay manifest it for the people but yes, also yes. we're going to manifest ourselves creating another episode before the year's out yes, of course no absolutely we will but you know collective manifestation only benefits all of us <laughs> I'm all about the collective. I appreciate you being about the collective. I genuinely do. I feel like that I'll add that to my, I'll add that to my situation, but making sure that I don't do it in a harmful way, if that makes sense. Yes. All right, fam. Peace and blessings.